All right. So how's everybody doing? Again, um, I'm excited to be here tonight with y'all. I'm excited to continue this sermon series called Faith That Works. Just looking at the book of James and how just it practically speaks to our lives. Just how our faith intertwines with just every aspect of our life and every arena. And so obviously with, with Pastor Mark, you've been going through just different parts of faith that works. It's like faith that endures through trials. Faith that just isn't hearers of the word, but are doers of the word. Faith that doesn't show favoritism. Faith that is marked by works. Not saying works earns your salvation, but you show your faith by your works. Faith that tames the tongue. And so tonight, we're going to be talking about faith that lives wisely. So if you have your Bible, if you could open up to the book of James... We're going to be in the book of James chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at specifically verses 13 through 18. Uh, but before we jump into the word, I just, I want to kind of open with this. It's a little silly, but I just want to test you guys for a sec. I just want to show you a couple pictures, and all I want you to tell me is what you see on the screen. That's it. Just I'm going to show you a picture, and I want you to tell me what you see on the screen. That's it. So if we could put the first photo up there. All right. Y'all are great. It's a banana. Y'all are wonderful fruit inspectors. I'm proud of y'all. Um, yeah, bananas. You can use it for banana bread, banana pudding, whatnot. It's fantastic. Um, so that's the first one. Can we play the second? Can we show the second photo? Anybody know what this is? Yeah, so, so some of y'all got tripped up by this. In fact, this is not a banana. This is a plantain. No, see, look, it looks like a banana. Here's, but it's a plantain. Look, two, two things that look totally alike, but they're totally different. Obviously, banana tastes more like a fruit. You can eat a banana raw, while plantains taste more like a potato, and you have to cook it first. So, like... Imagine trying to use a plantain for like banana pudding or banana bread or things like that. Wouldn't turn out so well. I know it seems super silly, like why show a banana, why show a plantain, but, but there's a reason why. Is, is both of y'all, both of the pictures y'all thought at the beginning, they looked exactly the same. You thought that's a banana. You thought it's exactly the same thing. But once you got to the surface, once you went underneath the surface and looked at the root of it, on the inside, it's too totally different things. And so how that correlates with tonight is, is what James talks about in this passage is there's two types of wisdom that proclaim their wisdom, but only one is true wisdom. That yes, they proclaim wisdom, but once you go underneath the surface, you will see that there are two radically different things. Because here's the thing is, is that we as 
fallen human beings are, are prone to become rooted in ourselves, to rely on ourselves, and to glorify, glorify ourselves before we rely on Christ, root ourselves in Christ, and glorify Christ. And, and the big arching theme, the big arching point I want you to get out of this passage is this, is that when we humble ourselves before Christ and root our lives in him, then we will have a faith that lives wisely. When we humble ourselves before Christ and root our lives in him, then we will have a faith that lives wisely. So like I said, we're in the book of James, chapter 3. And this is what it says, starting in verse 13. So this is the word of the Lord. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Let's pray real quick. Dear God, we just come before you willing to learn. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will just humble each and every one of our hearts. I pray that you will just help us block out any sort of outside noise going on right now, text messages, things going on outside church right now, things going on at school or family or whatever, just in this time to focus on you and to focus on your word and to humble our hearts, to open our hearts and minds to receive what you have to teach us tonight. That for me, it will not be my opinion, but it will just be your word that I'm proclaiming. And so please help us with this, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so there's three main points that James wants to get get us out of this passage. All right? And the first one comes in verse 13. And it's simply this, that action and attitude reveal wisdom. Action and attitude reveal wisdom. So this is what it says in verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. So what James is saying in this passage, in the second half, by his good conduct, let him show his works. It's it's echoing the same sentiments that he had in chapter 2, where he talked about, hey, prove, show your faith by your works. Not saying that you earn your faith by your works, but that, but that you show your faith by your works. It's, it's the same sort of sentiment that he's echoing here with wisdom, is that if you're truly wise and if you've truly received wisdom, then it will be shown through your works, through how you live your life. That if we proclaim wisdom that comes from above, that'll be evident through good conduct, like it said, and, and meekness, of wisdom. And, and that term meekness, what meekness means is, is submissiveness. It's another term for humility. 
And, and something that in today's world that they try to say is that meekness equates to weakness. That you got to stay strong. You got to be firm. But in the kingdom of God, that's not so. In the kingdom of God, meekness is a strength. Meekness, like I said, is humility. Meekness starts with putting our trust in God. Because meekness goes against everything that our sin nature desires to do. It is a supernatural thing. Because everything in our sin nature does not want to submit to anything but ourselves and glorify ourselves. Well, meekness is saying we will submit under the authority of God. Meekness is, is a willing to learn that we don't proclaim to know at all, that we're not Google, that you can't just ask a question and we'll give you an answer to everything, but that we're willing to learn even from people who maybe even we think that we're smarter than, that there's always something to gain. Meekness is open to correction. Like I said, meekness, the overarching of meekness is that it's a humility, it's a submissiveness to learn, to understand correction, to be able to receive constructive criticism. But another thing to grasp out of this, it says meekness of wisdom, and wisdom is knowledge applied, that we can have all the knowledge in the world in our head, but until we put it into action, then it will never become wisdom. So you cannot apply knowledge until you gain knowledge. And you cannot gain knowledge until you humble yourself before God. In fact, it says in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 that the beginning of wisdom starts with fear of the Lord. That we cannot truly even start to scratch the surface of wisdom until we humble ourselves before God. So as, as James talks about how our action and attitude reveal wisdom, it's one of those things is just as the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart, so should our works be an overflow of our wisdom. It's not doing works to gain wisdom, but it's because of this wisdom that our works are just an overflow of it. So like, like think about it this way, like fruit is evidenced by the root it comes from. So like with the banana plantain, you'll be able to know where it comes from. And obviously once you taste it, you'll definitely know where it comes from. Because our action and our attitude reveal wisdom. Our action and our attitude reveal what we root our lives in the most. So let me ask you this, what, what do you spend the most time on? What do you talk about the most? What do you spend the most money on? What are you investing the most in? You know, are, are you talking more about, you know, that big victory royale you got in Fortnite the other night? And how many kills you got and how great it was? 
You know, you're talking about how you're investing in your character, like in your character, in your account on Fortnite, or you're talking more about how much you're investing in the kingdom of God. Which one are you talking about more? Are you more focused on accumulating V-Bucks and kills? Or are you more focused on accumulating souls that are saved and redeemed by Christ? Because what we talk about the most, what we invest the most time in, reveals what we are truly rooting our lives in and what we are saying is a key emphasis in our life. So does your actions and attitude point people toward Christ or away from Christ? Like I said, how, how meekness is, is a willingness to, to listen, a willingness to learn. So do you believe you know it all or are you willing to listen to others? It's like, for example, is do you listen to your parents? Do you listen to your teachers? Do you listen to your coaches? Or do you think you know better than them? Another thing is, are you placing more trust in yourself? Or are you placing more trust in God? Another thing, do you believe, like another thing, is that meekness is open to correction. It's willing to receive constructive criticism. So, do you believe you can do no wrong? Or are you willing to receive constructive criticism when a coach or a tutor gives you correction? How do you respond to that? And like I said, the question said earlier, are you placing more trust in yourself? Or are you placing more trust in God? Because whichever one you place more trust in is what you will be rooted in. And that's where you'll draw your wisdom from. And whatever you draw your wisdom from, there is fruit that will be produced from that. And that's what, that's what James talks about next. So like I said, the first main point is this, is that action and attitude reveal wisdom. And then for the next few verses, what James talks about is two types of wisdom that it will reveal. It will reveal either this false earthly wisdom or it will reveal this true heavenly wisdom, wisdom that is from above. And, and so what kind of James does is, is he'll say kind of the attitude and the actions that come with this wisdom and the fruit that is produced from this. And so, like I said, he describes two types of wisdom. And the first one he talks about is false wisdom, or in this case, earthly wisdom. And that leads us to our second point, which is this, is that false earthly wisdom is rooted in self. False earthly wisdom is rooted in self. So look at verses 14 through 16 where it says this, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. So James is explaining what happens when we are rooted in ourselves, which the first part of that is that there's bitter jealousy and that there's selfish ambition. And so James is explaining what our attitude is when we're rooted in this bitter jealousy and this selfish ambition, is that our attitude is that we're boastful and that we're false to the truth. Or in this case, we deny the truth. 
And then James explains that if we are rooted in ourselves, in bitter jealousy, in selfish ambition, and that our attitude is that of being boastful and denying the truth, then the ultimate result of that is that there will be disorder in every vile practice. Because here's the thing, when we are rooting ourselves in our own lives, then naturally we will want to glorify ourselves. That's why it says there's bitter jealousy. So bitter jealousy is, is you're promoting yourself over everybody else. That you want to promote your opinion over everybody else's. Or selfish ambition is, is that you're trying to promote and advance yourself no matter the cost. So if you have to step over people, if you have to step on toes, you will do whatever it takes to promote yourself and advance yourself in whatever the case is. And so because our attitude is bent towards glorifying ourselves, then we will be boastful about ourselves. And we will be false to the truth. Or like I said, it's denying the truth. It's denying the truth of the gospel. And so James explains that, that this type of wisdom that's rooted in self is, is described in three ways, that it's earthly, that it's unspiritual, and that it's demonic. I know it's very powerful language, and there's a reason behind it. It's that he describes it as earthly, and, and earthly just means like it's, it's rooted in worldly desires. It's rooted in the life of this world, is what he means by earthly. In fact, Paul even talks about earthly wisdom. He talks about it in 1 Corinthians Three, uh, 19 through 20, where he, he says the wisdom of this world is folly to God. And that God knows the minds of those that are earthly wise. Because earthly wisdom passes away, along with those who proclaim to just be wise according to earth's standards. It's earthly, it's rooted in the desires of this world. The other one is that it's unspiritual. There's no power behind it. You're just rooting it in your own self. It's just rooted in the natural rather than the supernatural. That it comes from the sinful desires of a fallen human being. In fact, in, in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says that our hearts are deceitful above all things and that it's desperately sick. And so if, if that's how our heart is and we are rooting our lives in our own heart, then naturally that is what will flow out of it is, is this deceitfulness and, and this desperately sick attitude. Or in Proverbs 14, 12, it says how there's a way that seems right to a man, but its way ends in death. earthly it's unspiritual and the last one is it's demonic it's 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 from satan because this is the same mentality that that satan had when he desired to be god when he desired to overthrow god and it brought him and a third of the angels down with him it's the same type of wisdom and mentality that he had towards adam and eve in the garden that's wreaked sin and wreaked havoc on this world and it's meant to try to corrupt and disrupt relationships So like I said, when our, when our attitude and our actions and our lives are rooted in 
ourselves when when we are naturally trying to promote ourselves and trying to advance ourselves and we are boastful and we're denying the truth, James gives what what is the result of that? Is that he's saying if there is bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, then this will happen. That's why he says for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. It's like this thing of disorder, it's, it's, it's anarchy. It's, it's a disturbance. It's a behavior in which it threatens the safety of others or like the peace of a neighborhood. It's causing disruption amongst relationships that God never intended it to be. Or, or by every just vile practice, what that means is just, it's, it's anything polar opposite of God is that there's no, there's no room for any good to come out of it because of what it's rooted in. That if we are rooted in ourselves and live to glorify ourselves, and the only thing that will be reduced every time is disorder and every vile practice that is opposite of God. I mean, we, we see this all throughout the chapters of James leading up to this, is that there'll be doubts when we're suffering that we won't have endurance while going through suffering, that we'll simply just be hearers of the word, that we'll look at ourselves in this mirror called the word of God, turn away, won't do anything about it. We're seeing what we need to fix and we do nothing about it. We're not living out our faith. Or that we're showing favoritism, we're showing impartiality and, and how Pastor Mark described it is that that's not the gospel, that's the anti-gospel. or not taming the tongue. In fact, Jesus talks about this in, in John 15, verse 5, where it says, like, apart from me, we can't do anything else. But if we abide in Christ, then we'll produce much fruit. So if we abide in Christ, then we'll produce much fruit. But if we abide in ourselves, then we'll produce nothing but disorder and every vile practice, as James says. Us be, being rooted in ourselves would, to kind of give a picture behind it, as silly as it sounds, would be trying to grab yourself by your ankles and pick yourself up. Please don't try that now. Maybe try it after. After we're out of the building. Y'all signed the waiver, not me. Um, but it's trying to pick yourself up. It's trying to pick yourself up by your ankles. It seems so silly. It seems useless. It seems pointless. There's, there, there will be no result coming from it, except just maybe hurting yourself and, and looking silly. And that's what happens when we root our lives in, in ourselves, is that it's useless. There's no power behind it. It's, it's a false wisdom. It's earthly wisdom, thinking we know better thinking that we know it all, thinking that we don't need correction from anyone. Because false earthly wisdom is rooted in self. And, and so let me, let me ask you this. Are, are you quicker to brag about yourself or brag about God? Or to make it more practical, let's say your friend gets captain of the team. Are, are you quick to celebrate with them or are you quick to be resentful? Or are you okay with your friend getting the lead in the play that maybe you were desiring for? Or that verse in a song that you really were wanting? Are you quick to look out 
for your interests or the interests of others. Because like the first point says, our action and our attitude reveal the wisdom that we were living out. That the fruit produced through our lives is evidenced by what we were rooting our lives in. So that was, that was the first wisdom that, that James talks about, is that false earthly wisdom is rooted in self. But the second one is that this true wisdom, this heavenly wisdom, this wisdom from above, that true heavenly wisdom is rooted in Christ. That the third point is that true heavenly wisdom is rooted in Christ. James talks about this in verses 17 and 18 where it says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown by those who make peace. And so again, Paul kind of does the same thing of what happens when we're rooted in something and our actions and attitude that will reflect from that and the fruit produced from that. So it says, first and foremost, explains what happens when we're rooted in Christ, that it's purity, that wisdom from above is pure. He explains what our attitude will be when we're rooted in Christ, that peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial and sincere. And then he explains what, what that fruit is that's produced from this type of wisdom, and that's a harvest of righteousness. And this is what he describes as wisdom that's from above. And so, like I said, with, with the first wisdom, that when we are rooted in ourselves, we'll want to glorify ourselves, but when we are rooted in Christ, we'll want to glorify Christ. Or how wisdom that's rooted in our own hearts, how our hearts are deceitful and desperately sick. And that's why we'll see what's produced. But when we're rooted in Christ, it's rooted in purity because wisdom comes from God. That's why it says that wisdom is first pure because the source it comes from is pure. So what, what comes after that is, is being rooted in this pure wisdom of Christ is that the re- result of that is, is these things, is that we'll be peaceable. We'll be striving for the betterment of others. Is that we'll be gentle with others. That we'll be open to reason. That we're willing to learn and receive correction. That we're full of mercy. That just, just as it says in Matthew 9, 36-38, that Jesus looked upon the crowd and was filled with compassion. That good fruits are produced from that. That the fruits of the Spirit will be produced from that. Like it says in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. And that it's sincere. 
Sincere meaning it's, it's free from deceit. It's, it's genuine feelings towards one another. It's not something manufactured. It's not something to check a box. It's something that is genuine and true and real because at the source of it, it's pure. And because of all this, it says a, a harvest of, of righteousness is produced. And, and what that means by, by harvest of righteousness, it means that we're conforming more into the image of Christ. That as we trust Christ more and root our lives more in to his life, that our lives will reflect him and become more like him. That if we're rooted in Christ and live to glorify him, then the only thing that will be produced is peace and every good practice. So just as when we were rooted in ourselves, the only thing that's produced is disorder and every vile practice. When we are rooted in Christ, the thing that will absolutely be produced is peace and every good practice. Then instead of trying to promote ourselves, we'll be promoting Christ. And instead of trying to advance oneself by any means necessary, that we'll desire to advance Christ and his gospel at the expense of ourself. So let me ask you this. When, when you look at this list, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Do you see any of this evidence in your life? Are you peaceable with others? Are you gentle with others? Are you open to constructive criticism? Are you full of compassion for others and quick to forgive? Are you quick to hold a grudge and, and be full of hatred towards others? Do you see any of these fruits of the Spirit in your life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Or the thing of being impartial, are, are we welcoming to all or only the select few that we've chosen? Whether it's our friends or teammates. Or are we welcoming them with just a sincere love that goes beyond condition, that rises above circumstances and sees them as someone that's made in the image of God Because true heavenly wisdom is rooted in Christ. Like three main points said, that first and foremost, our actions and our attitude will reveal wisdom. It will reveal the type of wisdom that we were living out. And that's either one of two wisdoms. It's either a, it's either a false earthly wisdom or it is a true heavenly wisdom. That false earthly wisdom is rooted in self. And that true heavenly wisdom is rooted in Christ. So I'll, I'll, I'll close with this question. Is what are you rooting your life in more? Are you rooting your life more in you and your abilities? Or are you rooting your life in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross? Does your life promote yourself more or Jesus more? 
because we can only truly have a faith that lives wisely if we root ourselves in Christ. Now I have good news is that there might be some of you tonight going, wow, I've, I've been rooting my life in myself my entire life and just it just seems to go down dead ends and, and just leads to just empty pursuits and, and pointless endeavors. And just, I've fallen so far, I've done so many things and I just, I don't know where to go. And the beautiful thing is that Christ says, come all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest is that no one is too far gone to be saved. That, that even today that you can uproot your life and you can truly root it in Christ by receiving him as Lord and Savior. Some of you, maybe you do proclaim Christ and you're following Christ, but just recently it's been tough. It's been hard with school and peer pressure and friends and just, just the pressures of society that, that it's, it's hard, you've compromised some, and, and some of these things, it's like, wow, I've, I've really started promoting myself more and invested more time in myself rather than Christ, and, and maybe feel guilty and convicted about it. The beautiful thing is that the gospel not only saves us, but it sanctifies us, meaning it continually, it continually helps us go back to him and draw back to him, that we are not too far from grace, that we are not too far from his mercy, that his mercies are new every single day. That's good. Because like I said, we, we are all fallen human beings. All of us. And I know it, we're so desired to want to promote ourselves and root our lives in ourselves all the time, but the beautiful thing is Christ continually calls us back to himself. Is that the gospel comes with no conditions. It says, come as you are. So what we are about to do now is just, I want to give us a time to respond, is I'm going to pray for us, and the band is going to come up and play one last song. And during that time, maybe there's just stuff you need to get right with God. You can pray totally at your seat, or you could pray with a leader. It's totally fine. Or maybe some of you, it's like, I really want to know about this Jesus, and feel free to come talk to me or any of the amazing connect group leaders around you. Or maybe there's just something that stuck out to you from this that you're like, it's really weighing on your heart that you want to talk about. Then, then me and the other connect group leaders would love to be able to talk with you and be able to pray with you. Is that, like I said, this place is called the refuge. It's, it's a place to be able to seek rest and freedom, free of judgment in order to help us grow closer to Christ. So, I'm going to pray and the band's going to come up and we'll give us a time to respond. Dear God, we are just so thankful for Christ. We're so thankful for his finished work on the cross and that we all come before you as, as broken, humble sinners just in need of grace that we want to apologize if we have rooted our lives in ourselves rather than you. And we thank you that your mercies are new every day. We pray that we will root our lives in you. That we will pray for wisdom that comes from above that is first pure.
that you will change and transform us, that you will help us live for you, that you'll help us stay rooted in you, and that you will help us just truly live our lives for you, that our actions and our attitudes will point people to Christ and to this gospel that transforms and saves and is beyond anything this world could offer. So Holy Spirit, I pray you will move in each and every one of our lives. I pray that we will just do whatever you call us to do in this time. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.